we don't consider ourselves a cost center. We're a profit center. If we aren't helping you bring awareness to ways that you can multiply what you're paying us by three, four, five, ten 10x or more, then it doesn't make sense to have us on board. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my great to wealth listeners. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to somebody from the dark side who is an amazing person. He's a CFO. Rocky, how are you, buddy? Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Rocky, we have never had a CFO on our show, so I'm actually super excited to talk to you. It's one of those terms where people are actually scared of, and I know you're not scary at all. Not at all. We make numbers simple. There you go. I love that. So, Rocky, we start our show with one thing, right? So we, we're not, I'm not going to bore my listeners with the intro because they can read in the show notes. But I think I want to make sure we understand your journey, right? So the name of our show is Migrate to Wealth. And the most important part there is not the wealth. It's really the migration path, right? Because everyone has multiple paths to migration. Which path did you take which got you where you are? So on that note, I would pass the mic back to you. Help us understand your migration journey, my friend. So I came here when I was two. It was my parents' second time moving major. So during the partition of India, they had to move. So they started life over there. That was probably when they were in their early 20s. And -hmm. then here, 20 years later, you know, around the age of 40, they come to the United States to build their wealth. It was a long time ago, as you can see if you're looking at me. Well, you were just Um, born yesterday, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, back then, currency wasn't easy to transport, so forth. So, you know, we started off on the wrong side of the tracks. But as is true of many immigrant communities, they all got together and they talked about life. How do you build the American dream? What do you do? And one of the things that they talked about was money. So money was a natural conversation amongst friends of sharing how much are you spending? How much did you pay for this? You know, how much are you making? How are you doing these different things? So I just got to kind of sit and watch that journey. Mm -hmm. Many of the people around us started to have success over the years. And and I got to watch that success, see what worked in, in what didn't. And I learned valuable financial skills that at that point I didn't realize not everybody understood money. And now looking back, I realize for a lot of people, money is a taboo topic. As I look back on my wealth building journey, a couple things came out. My economics degree did not teach me how to build wealth. My MBA did not teach me how to build wealth. And actually the one thing that actually worked was automating my savings and letting it compound. And that was literally the key that allowed me to build wealth over time. I started that literally right out of college. And that was kind of the wealth building journey. Wow, man. That's interesting. So you were one of the few lucky ones who actually got immersed into learning as you were growing up, right? Because most families don't talk about money, right? They talk about lack of money. They don't necessarily talk about how to make money, right? How to think about money, how to realize savings. Like what about wrap your brain around the abstract concept of money? 
Right. So we were taught saving, but I think the bigger thing that we were taught in, you know, coming from Indian culture, we're used to negotiating. Yeah. So nobody pays full price for anything. And just so you know, I have negotiated with Sears. Now, I know they're no longer around, right? Home Depot. That's why Lowe's. they're not around, man. You stole all the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, there are ways of negotiating everywhere you go. And yeah. so it's just natural for us to do that. And I was just taught that you could live a abundant lifestyle on a pauper's budget. Correct, correct, correct. And I think it's just that is a, a mentality that is always carried through. That is amazing. So now help us understand your journey from saving and investing passively, right? Kind of like I'm assuming you did some sort of uh, stock market investing. I did that. I did real estate. We flipped houses and I had rentals. Awesome. That journey to CFO. How did that so, happen? So when I was a kid, I was always making money, mm -hmm. right? Always buying stuff, selling it, always making a buck. So as a teenager and through college, I always had cash that I could buy what I wanted, do what I wanted. Right. One of the things I did back then was go buy one of the first Apple II computers. $2,000 awesome. cash, walked wow. into the computer store, bought my computer. That's a um, lot of money it, back then, man. It was a I mean, lot, it's a lot of, of money now, but it definitely was way more at that time. Yeah, imagine buying a computer for like eight or 10 grand today. I yeah. mean, that's probably the equivalent of it. It was pretty expensive. As part of that, though, what I started, one of the first programs that I really started to play with was VisiCalc, which is an electronic spreadsheet mm -hmm. long before Lotus 123 and finally yeah. Excel. So when I was in high school and when I was in college, people saw that I had this skill. So I was showing accountants, how do you go from paper ledger to electronic spreadsheets? You know, when I was working at times during college, I worked for a bank. They're like, you know how to do spreadsheets? Go take care of all our spreadsheets. Hmm. My original goal when I left college was to build spreadsheets, but I didn't know right. how to market that. I didn't know how to build a business around it, how to right. sell it. So, you know, I got the proverbial J-O-B and I made good money, but not great. And I think, you know, the problem is, is when life is good, you get a little bit soft instead of going after great. <laughs> right, right. You know, and so I went through that journey and I built my wealth. And then the question was, what do I really want to do? And so that kind of started the second journey. Part of that was I like, I don't understand why there's not more millionaires in America. It is so mm -hmm. easy in the United States to build wealth. And yet, there's hardly any millionaires. And actually, if you look at the percentage of millionaires, Indians happen to be a disproportionate right. share of them. Yeah. So it was just like studying that, learning that. And that's where I came to learn that other people didn't talk about money. I came to learn that a lot of people have what we call bad money mindsets or bad money scripts, mm -hmm. which is, you know, money is bad or rich people are bad or we can't afford that right. or money doesn't grow on trees which considerably limits them. So we were talking before the show, one of the things I found out is while I can show people how to build wealth, I can't do it in a weekend. And as Warren Buffett right. says, nobody wants to get rich slowly, right? Correct. So Correct. I had a marketing issue and as part of like learning about this, I came across the fact that business owners weren't looking at their finances. I'm like, wait a minute, you're a business owner. How do you not understand the business of business? And I came yeah. to learn 
they did it because they loved it, not because they loved accounting, not because mm. they loved business. They loved the parts that they were doing and the accounting was at the bottom of the list. And many of them just had absolute disasters of financials. So right. I can tell you from looking at the books, I see all these seven figure business owners, they're not making any money. They look beautiful, but they got nothing behind them. Mm. And so I made that shift to focusing in that area. And as part of my exploration, I came across Mike McCallowitz and Profit First. And so I partnered with them to be a part Profit First professional, taking my Excel spreadsheet skills, figuring out and knowing the money skills, <clears throat> putting it together to help business owners thrive. Oh, that's amazing. It's kind of interesting. Like, um, so I just recently left my W-2. And I was a management consultant. So spreadsheet is bread and butter for us. Right? We're mm -hmm. always modeling things. We're always modeling what to do, what can we figure out, how to make a business run more efficiently, right? But you know what I'm noticing is when I have to run my own business, I hate doing accounting. I hate it. Not because mm -hmm. it's that I don't know that skill, because I know that skill because I used it before. It's because I don't think it's the most important thing. I'm like, I know it, man. How can I run account? I've run books for, not books, I've run spreadsheets for billions of dollars. So I'm like, you know what? I'm fine. I should be fine in the business. And my wife was asking me today, you're spending a lot of money, Socket. I'm like, no, I'm not. I know I'm not. She's like, tell me what it is. I'm like, I actually don't know the answer, right? It's actually interesting. It's an interesting episode because it's not because I hate it. It's because unfortunately, there are things that you're better at when you're launching your business. The reason you start the business is not because of your love for accounting. Accounting is necessary, but it's not revenue generating, right? And that's why Profit First is so good, because yeah. it allocates every dollar to a job, mm -hmm. and it lets that dollar do that job. And when you get out of balance, your wife doesn't have to call you. You'll notice that there's no money in your operating Correct. account. Correct. Just like that. You will immediately know. It doesn't matter if you have an accounting system or not. Yeah. You'll get real-time feedback. You, you know what? I, so I think part of our listeners are also not everyone has a business. So I think what I want to do is I want to draw a parallel because I love Profit First Model. Mm -hmm. uh, again, so I understand it theoretically, but of course I'm not using it. So I want to use that same Profit First Model and bring it also draw the parallel to the person because I think what we're saying in the Profit First Model is every dollar has a job. It right. doesn't matter I, what the job is, right? And that's how I built my wealth. That's why I partnered with Profit First. I'm like, I've yeah. been using the system my whole life. Right. By automating your paycheck and saying, you know, 15% goes to the 401k, you're automating your savings. Correct. You're giving that dollar a savings job. Now, I recommend not all of it go to the 401k because that locks you tight and it doesn't give you freedom. We used to take a portion of our money and set it aside into cash accounts mm -hmm. after tax. So then you can use that money to buy real estate, invest in businesses, right. do other things. But you're automating your finances up front from what comes in to immediately go into the bucket yeah. to save for whatever it is that you want to build. I think it also what it does is that you said that X percent is, is meant to do this job. And when something mm -hmm. X comes up, you either make a decision that it doesn't fit in that job or you have to go back and change the whole strategy, right? And that makes you more disciplined with spending your money, regardless business or personal, which I think which is really what I love. 
And so that is literally what the problem is. If you think about it, you walk into Costco, what's the first thing you see? An 80 inch TV, oh, right? Yeah. Do I want the TV? Do I not want the TV? It's yeah. plus or I'm unhappy. Yeah. But actually, the way you should look at this, and that's kind of the philosophy behind profit first, what we're talking about is you have to put something against that TV. Do I want a TV? Or do I want to invest in a business? Or do right. I want to go on vacation? Or do I want a new car? Do I want a bigger house? Now, when you start putting those trade-offs against each other, it's no longer, do I want a new TV or do I want to be sad? It's like, wait, I like a new TV, but I'd rather have a bigger house. Correct. But before I get the bigger house, I'd rather have the vacation. But before I get the vacation, I want to invest in a business that will give me money to do all the rest of those things. Correct. Oh my God. You just give us the, the gold there, man. Rocky, it's because it's kind of like delayed gratification, right? You're going to get it. You're going to get there. But if you actually wait a little bit and do it smartly, you can buy 20 TVs on a drop because now you have the cash flow from the business because that's what you're investing in. And that's really what the whole life is about right now, right? Business owner or not, which is what comes in. So as a CFO, Rocky, tell us what's the resistance point, right? Because Everyone knows they need to look at the books at least December 31st, if not sooner. So help us understand what's the resistance point from your understanding, because you've been dealing with a lot more of those situations. So why don't people do it? So I think just like you said, I shouldn't say the only people who love accounting are accountants and even half of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. So a it's people don't look at it as a revenue center. The right. reality is your accounting system is a revenue center because if it's done well, it will make you money. It will show you what's going on in your business. A lot of business owners don't actually know whether they were profitable or not until tax time when their mm -hmm. CPA files their tax return. You know, at that point, the year is over. You're halfway through right. the next year. How are you even making business decisions? How do you know if something is working or not working? And this is true of big companies as well as small. It's human nature. Actually, there's a book back here by Jonathan Burns. It's called Islands of Profit in a Sea of Red Ink. He's an MIT professor. He looked at large corporations. He said, if I look at a large corporation, 30% of what they do brings in the majority, if not, more than 100% of the profit. Mm -hmm. How do you bring in more than 100% of the profit? Because 30 to 40% of your business is losing money. Yeah. And the remainder 30% is breaking even. So if you think about that, imagine if you could work 30% of the time and make more money. That's the key to what it's all about. It's the 80-20 rule, just applied yeah. to business and to life. Too often, and people do the same thing. They waste money without thinking, and most of them don't even know where their wastage is. Correct. It's in cell phone bills, cable bills, the 16 subscriptions that you never use, the gym that you never yeah. show up at, like yeah. all this junk. Just, you know, it's funny because just today I looked at my electric bill just out of accident, and I realized I'm no longer under a contract. So I called hmm. up to get a contract on my electric rates. My electric rates dropped by 33%. Just to have the code, just by having a contract. That's insane. Yeah, just by one phone call locking in, the, and my price is now locked in for the year. So right. what I did 
is I went and put a calendar invite in to remind me next year Correct. to renew my contract. Like I have a calendar invite in. My wife loves Sirius Radio. I have no idea why. But, you know, every December I pick up yeah. the phone and I call them. They send me a bill for like $300. I go, this is too high. They go, okay, how about 60? I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's all yeah. these promotions out there. Correct. That, Correct. So you just have to be smart and to go and pay attention and to know what's going on and to focus on it. So Rocky, one of my hypotheses, and I could be wrong, so you're a professional, I'm going to ask you, is because one of the reasons why people are not looking to bring a CFO on board, even as a small business, partly is because it's not revenue center, right? These are at least the thinking, limited thinking that it's not. The second really is because without even talking about it, it's expensive. And I'll give you a story. I know you and I were talking about it before we went on air that a friend of mine recently asked me, hey, should I go build, should I go make a will or a living trust? And I was telling him, why, why, why are you even thinking about it? He's like, because I've heard living trust is expensive. I'm like, okay, how much do you think a living trust costs? He's like, I don't know. So I'm like, so how do you know it's expensive when you don't know? So I want to bust a myth here, right? That, is CFO, or maybe validate them, we'll, we'll see what your answer is. How expensive is it to get a CFO? And do you have so, to get a full-time CFO? I think when a business hits somewhere in the range of 10 to $30 million, that's when it's almost time to think about bringing in a CFO. Okay. Because at that point, you can afford a CFO and sure. you can pay them. And if you're talking you about a full-time CFO at that point. A full-time, yeah, at that point, you might bring in full-time or you might bring in a much more higher level fractional CFO sure. that are there. But what I did was I figured out the sweet spot in the market. And I realized that there are a lot of business owners that are in the seven-figure range mm -hmm. that really don't need a ton of time. Sure. And could get tremendous value by a little bit of help with understanding their Got finances. It. And so that is the market that we targeted. And we made it extremely affordable for that market. Usually what, so the first people are like, you know, am I going to get a return on this? Yes. A couple things we like to, we have to look at the business to make sure we can provide them a return. Mm -hmm. So that is the first important step. We don't consider ourselves a cost center. We're a profit center. If sure. we aren't helping you bring awareness to ways that you can multiply what you're paying us by, you know, three, four, five, ten X or more, then it doesn't make sense to have sure. us on board or you have the wrong person. Correct. So on top of that, the other thing that we found is we were having a lot of business owners come to us that are two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. At which point, looking at our costs, it became, I don't know if it makes sense sure. to hire you. And we even looked at them and said, you know what? It really doesn't make sense to hire us because we can't make that much of a difference in your business. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, when you've only got X amount of revenue, you can only make so much of a difference. Sure. So what we've done is now we've created programs that start with even a brand new business owner can afford. Yep. Going all the way on up to where we're working one-on-one -on -one with a business owner. So there is a big gap in there. The profit blueprint program that we have, it's start $2,000. 
but it even has steps up where you can get support one-on-one calls Mm -hmm. and it goes up from there. And then our monthly coaching, you know, goes up from there as well. But the reality is for most business owners, and I say most 95%, even just going through the profit blueprint and adding on a little bit of support, you will get tremendous value because you'll start to see where the bottlenecks are in your business that you're Mm -hmm. not aware of. And just by uncovering those, you can make better choices and you'll end up being profitable. You can easily make 10, 100 times that investment. Right. I think it's the key way we're saying is that let the numbers tell you the answer, right? Don't derive the answers out of emotion, out of fear, out of gut feeling. Talk to the numbers. And numbers do speak. Numbers have an amazing language and numbers don't lie. Right? That there's no objectivity with the numbers. They'll tell you straight as it is. You just have to know how to read it. Right? When I see an Excel sheet or a tax return, it tells me a story. Yeah. And I can discern the story and I can ask questions to help peel back the onion and figure out where the problems are. Correct. And for a lot of business owners, a little bit of help makes a dramatic difference in their business. Yeah, yeah. So Rocky, how do you help? Like, how do you get engaged? So help me, help us understand. So let's say there's a business who is making, we'll make up a number of $5 million in revenue, right? Yeah. And that's your target business. So how do you get engaged? What does that look like? To give us some thought process and give us some rough targets on what that pricing will look like. I won't hold you accountable to those numbers. So give us some ideas so that we can wrap our brain around because, you know, our listeners are smart and they're Mm -hmm. highly driven and they will reach to that $5 million point at some point if they're not already. So we want to help them think through it. So if you're a $5 million business owner, the first step we do is we, you know, just a conversation to see what you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest thing we do is we just ask for the ability to look at your financials. Sure. So whether, you know, if most of those businesses, they may be on QuickBooks, either give us access to run reports or we'll tell you what reports we need. Sure. We'll dig through your numbers. And we'll come back to you and tell you what we see. We don't charge for any of that. We -hmm. just do that as part of our process. Because if I don't do that, I don't even know if I can help you. Right. Right. So that allows me to understand who you are and how I can help you. Mm -hmm. Once we do that, we'll come back with recommendations. We'll get a pretty good idea of what's going on. And at that price, we can give them the monthly investment. Just off the top for a business that's at somewhere between five and $10 million, you're probably looking between three and $4,000 a month. Yeah. Which but is, so here's which what is I actually want you not to that about. bad, to be honest. No, if it's you have not, a full-time CFO, it's going to cost you more than 50 K a year. It's going to cost you a lot more than 50 and a yeah. good one. Correct. It's going to cost you a lot more 10x that. that. Yeah. yeah. But if you think about it, the way I tell business owners, if you're a $5 million business, you know, if we could increase revenue 10%, that's half a million dollars. Yeah. You know, if your expenses are $4 million a year and I can cut 10% of your expenses, mm-hmm. that's $400,000. Those two moves are almost a million dollars. Correct. And more okay, than pay for 50- your service. 20x return for a business yeah. like that. Now, is that going to happen overnight? No. No. It isn't. Here's what's different between us and accountants. When you call us, we pick up the phone. 
<laughs> we answer your questions in a way yeah. that's understandable to you. Yeah. I think it's, a lot of that is that, right? So part of that, I yeah. think the other the other thesis that I have is people don't want to hire CFOs because there's like they're gonna talk in jargons that I will never understand. We are fellow business owners. We yeah. understand what it takes to run a business. We understand marketing. We understand right. overhead and expenses. We're going through the same thing that these business owners are doing. Right. And so we understand what they're doing. Plus, we see it across multiple businesses. Yeah. So we can give feedback to say, hey, is your marketing working? Is it cost effective? What does that look like? Is your labor in line? Or are you mm -hmm. spending too much on labor? Are you spending too much on materials? Is your pricing too low? Biggest right. problem. Just raising prices appropriately and then also finding, as we talked about before, what are the products and services in your business that are highly profitable and how do we shift your business to focus on highly profitable yeah. work instead of unprofitable work? So, you know, I, I know you may not classify your business that you're essentially a business consultant, right? You're basically helping people looking at their numbers and helping them derive, like, you know what, if you do this, this, and this better or more mm -hmm. of it, you'll get more money. And if you cut these this and this out, you will re really have no effect on the business. So why are you even doing that, right? Right. But you're using the power of the numbers to tell you that. Now, you're not just saying I have a gut feeling. Is that a correct, correct? I know this is not how you say your business is. That's how I no. see your business. Here's the bottom line. And through our sales process, we show them your business is a math equation. Yeah. Right? Oh my God. Love it. Yeah. And so we start at the beginning, you know, what are your impressions? How many leads do you get? How mm -hmm. many people walk in your front door? Every business is different. So if we look at, let's make it simple. I get, you know, 10 leads a day. Okay. Yeah. You get 10 leads a day. What's your conversion rate? Correct. I convert three of the 10. Okay. So what's your average sale? My average sale is a hundred dollars. So I know I'm doing $300 a day now, right? right. Three people buy at a hundred. I do three hundred dollars a day. What if we could work with you to go to four? Yeah. Now instead of three, you just increased your revenue by thirty-three percent by working on your sales process. And we can look at those numbers to say what works, what doesn't. Now that we know our overhead, well, what's our cost of goods? What's that percentage? Correct. Many times people don't know that percentage or they don't know what a good percentage is. Yeah. We will tell you if you're not at least getting a 30% gross margin, gross profit, you're going to be in trouble. The higher right. that is, the better it is. Then we look at labor and we say, is your labor producing value or not? And we can look at those all again, all fractions. We look at all the costs and that comes out to net profit. And then what happens though, and this is where I think business owners get confused. If you're paying debt, it doesn't show up on your P&L necessarily. Mm -hmm. If you're buying capital equipment, it may or may not show up on your P&L. Right. If you, the business owner, are commingling your funds with the business and you're spending your personal stuff, you don't know what's truly coming in and out of your business. You're treating it like a piggy bank and more often than not, right. you're starving it. So Correct. we look at all of those different factors and we figure out the math behind your business. And then we Rocky. show how little changes make big impact. You, know, you mentioned an example. I'll actually want to pounce on that example because that's a very key example. What we've talked about is growth of lead versus increase in conversion, right? 
a lot of folks focus on, I want to go from 10 leads to 20 leads without really focusing on the conversion, right? I mean, that's, I'm going to spend more on marketing. Let's go 20, 30, 40, 50 leads. While you have 10 leads and you're only converting three of them, can you get it to 50% conversion? Can you get it to 80% conversion? I don't know what's true for each business, but you don't have to spend money on that. Do you know why they're converting three leads? Because they don't have a Half process. The time? Well, A, they don't have a process, and B, oh, I didn't have time to call them back. Oh, love it, right? That's a great <laughs> excuse to run a business. <laughs> I was too busy. <laughs> yeah, I was too I busy in calling time. the other three that I, didn't, I couldn't call the fourth guy or gal. Right, So, but think about that. What if you're going to spend money on more leads yeah. and you're not even calling the leads you have or you don't have a good sales process in place, you're burning money left and right. Correct. Now, so your company, will they tell them where the problem is or they'll say, you know what, you have a problem with the sales process in your monthly investment that you have three to 4K, you will help them develop the processes as well. Or that's a separate service. How does that connect? So yes, and... What we tell business owners is we can get most people about 80% of the way there. Okay. Beyond that, you might need to hire experts. So sure. we can sit down and say to you, okay, you've got 10 leads coming in. How are mm. you currently tracking it? All right. Clearly, maybe we need a CRM system. Maybe yeah. we need to do X, Y, Z. How are we collecting the data? What works for you? Here's some resources we know of. Sure. Go, we'll guide them through that step. Perfect. You know, if they're telling us they're doing well, we'll be like, hey, why don't you go ahead and send me a sales call? Let me listen to an actual sales call. Love it. I, I want to know what you're doing. And we can listen and say, Oh, like I can pick out the easy stuff, right? Sure. I can't pick out the nuances, but I can tell if you're a salesperson and you're talking 80% of the time, number one problem. Not going to close. Right? Yeah. The client should be talking 80% of the time, Correct. not you. Correct. So that's a simple thing that we just bring awareness to. And then we try and help them build systems and processes to sure. that. We'll build forward cash flow planner so we can sit down. Like I have a couple of business owners, they're like, they do large sales. So they're like, I don't know what the future is. I'm like, well, let's build out a cash flow planner for mm -hmm. the year. And I can show you based on your current jobs in process, your current lead flow, I can sit down and say, okay, it's March. As of now, we're gonna hit two thirds of our goal for the year. I can sure. tell you that in March. I can tell you that we're going to start to struggle about August unless in the next 60 days you bring in X amount of business. Now my question is, what are we going to do to bring in X amount of business? Now they right. have clarity. They go, okay, my job in the next 60 days is to bring in three clients. Correct. And then they go do it because now they know what they're supposed to do. They're not waking up every day going, what am I supposed to do today? Correct. I have a correct, clear correct. task. We need three new clients in the next 60 days. Man, and they Rocky, go do it. This is needed. I mean, it's kind of interesting. This is what I got paid to do as a management consultant for Fortune 100 clients, right? This is what yes. we were doing for them. But right. it's so important for the businesses that are not Fortune 100. That does not mean the businesses don't need it. And, you know, I, what I liked is how you have structured it that, yes, not everyone's going to be a $50,000 investment a year. Not everyone can, because if you're starting out, you may not have that much revenue coming in, but that does not mean they can't use your help. 
you've basically created a system to get them to $5 million, to get them to $10 million, so that they can then engage with you and kind of accelerate even further. I love that. And everything that we're talking about is all part of the Profit Blueprint course, where we give them all the spreadsheets. And what I have found is most people get stuck. So ask a question. You try something, it doesn't work. You ask a question. We get you through the friction point in five minutes instead of you spending three weeks giving up and not doing it. I love that, Rocky. Rocky, this is amazing, man. I love talking numbers. I just hate doing my own numbers. (laughs) It's like the plumber who doesn't do the plumbing in his house. I know, man. You know, it's kind of like funny. All my investment, like single family, multifamily, everything, everything is outsourced to bookkeepers and everything else because I know if it comes to me, that's why I don't do single families anymore. I'm like, I won't run the numbers. And let's not do anything that I have to depend on numbers. So I need someone like you on my side where they can tell me, hey, you know what, this is what's going on in your business on a basis that I don't have to think about, right? This is where you're now partnering with me as I look at it versus you being my tax filer where you only see me once a year. You probably don't even see me anymore. I'm just going (laughs) to send you the documents. You're going to tell me what I'm going to pay. I'm going to say I hate you and I'm going to pay it and chapter closed until next year, which is very transactional. But I think your engagement with your clients is very interactional. You are vested to make them more money because you have to justify your existence for them, which is great. Right. And on our first call with a client, we spend two hours talking about them as a person. Mm. We don't even really get into their business that much. Great. We want to understand who they are, what are their goals, what's their life look like. Mm. And then we also look into mindset issues. We ask about, we ask questions to understand their money scripts, to understand where are the areas that their behaviors will prevent them from success. This is amazing. So you are a therapist, come CEO, (laughs) come business consultant. Amazing. This is good. It's funny. People (laughs) like they, like our clients are like, Oh, you're my financial therapist. And I appreciate when you give me a hard time because you do it in a way that I understand what I need. And we do that. So we have a saying for business owners, right? Average business owners want to be left alone. Good business owners want to be coached. Great business owners want to be told the truth. We will tell you the truth if even if you fire us. Yeah, I think that's the right thing to do. That's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. because if you don't, you're actually doing a disservice to them, right? That's just not right. And that's countercultural to come in and point the elephant in the room out all the time. Because you can get fired for that. Uh, But that's okay. (laughs) Right? That's what separates you from the others. Because most people may not. They will tell you in a diplomatic way, which is fine. You have to be tactful. But that does not mean you hide the truth. Awesome. Well, Rocky, we can talk about this, man. We can talk. I love talking to you. I love your energy. This is great. Seems like I've known you for a while. So... Rocky, we're going to end this show. We're coming toward the close. We always end the show with two points. I know you said you had an interesting journey, but we barely scratched the surface because we didn't even talk about your real estate aspect, your investing aspect. But I want to tease out the CFO because most of our guests can bring these real estate understanding and their journey. I want to focus on CFO. So if you were to go back to your 20-year-old self, right, what are the insights that you'll share with your 20-year-old self where you where their journey in life becomes more intentionally, their migration in life becomes more intentional. So going back to 20, I think the biggest thing is to figure out and really utilize your strengths and have confidence Mm -hmm. in them 
I think at a young age, most of us, we lack true confidence and we lack self-awareness. And being able to understand what are my skill sets and what value do they bring? I didn't realize how valuable my Excel skills were to the marketplace. You know, had I spent more of my time there, I would have made a killing. So it's just taking the time to understand you and figure you out and ignore what society tells you. Love that, man, Rocky. This is actually live by, right? Because... Mm -hmm. It's important, and I love that you said self, you separated self-confidence and self-awareness because it's important, right? So you, a lot of, especially when you're in 18s, 19s, in your teens, you're being bombarded with hormones. You're being bombarded with who you are. You're trying to figure out everything. And that is the, that is the weakest moment in potentially a lot of people's life. They will not know when they're that age because all of us have been there, so we can talk about it. But when you when you get to our ages, you're like, oh my God, what was I doing, right? Which is a good point to reflect, but I think the key thing is if you can gain that insight now. And the challenge in that is going to be, how do you get there? And I don't know if, Rocky, you had some perspective on that, that, yeah, carve out the noise, but when you're so, when the society that we live in is telling you something completely opposite to what you believe in, how do you navigate that as a 19, 20-year-old? I think that is difficult. For me, I chased money, yeah. you know, and I, and I built it and I did that. And then I came to the realization that I was chasing the wrong things. I think the difference today is in the past, there was, when I was 18, there were what, three or four TV channels. There was not right. a diversity of opinion. Correct. Back then, the world was black and white. There was no... Mm-hmm brown. Yeah. <laughs> like the world has changed. I think today you have a lot more diversity of opinion. You can find out different things. There's still a lot of cultural noise, but it's learning to turn that off. I think you have much, much better ability today than ever Correct. to be able to Correct. find your way forward and figure it out. I think there's out. also, there's a lot of free sources of information available, which are mm-hmm. non-biased, right? Like podcasts, this is amazing, right? These platforms are great because you're hearing raw understanding from Rocky and I. We're not holding anything back, right? And we're not saying things diplomatically. We're not saying things, anything. We're basically telling the truth what our life has been. Honestly, everything I do for my clients, they can probably figure out by reading three or four books. Yeah. And that's less than a $100 investment. But it's but gonna be it's gonna is, take him a lot of time, man, to get there. It is, and and I think there are nuances to it. It yeah. also what it really comes down to is focusing on the areas that are your strengths. Correct. Correct. Doing Correct. what you love and then filling in the things you don't like doing by putting somebody in that seat to do it for you. Correct. Like going back to real estate. I know how to paint, I know how to do carpentry, I can do plumbing, I can yeah. do roof, I can do all of it. Do you think I do? No. I pay people. I'm tired of it. I hope not. (laughs) I pay people. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah, no, I I agree. I'm with you. You know what? I challenge everyone in that regard. I challenge, instead of just change the script, that I can't afford $5,000 or $3,000 to afford a virtual CFO, fractional CFO, actually change the script of how can I make $5,000 more? That's it. Right? Oh, because, well, I mean, honestly, if they have a conversation with us, yeah. if we can't show them in that conversation a path to multiples, 
Don't you won't us. even have that conversation. Yeah. Don't have perfect. Yeah. yeah. Don't hire us. We'll even perfect. tell you up front. We don't think we can help you. Awesome. Rocky, last question, my friend. So mm-hmm. what do you think the humanity should migrate towards, man? What's lacking right now? I think what's lacking is kind of coming back to self-awareness, mm-hmm. coming back to we are bombarded with commercial after commercial that says you need this to get what you want. The number one thing I tell everybody is you already have what you need. Spend the time going inside and figuring it out. You already have it. Everything is there. Go look at the reflection in the mirror, not the reflection on your iPhone (laughs) because you've got it. And I think more and more people are becoming aware that they have what they need, that they don't need to go outside to find solutions. I mean, let's face it. Look out the window and you'll notice trees and birds and animals and the entire universe is somehow chugging along without you doing anything. Powerful. And it works well. Very powerful, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all in perspective. That's true. When have we paused to look outside the window and think from that perspective? It yeah. changes. It changes you. All right, buddy. On that high note, where can people find you, Rocky? Can I ask them to do me a favor first? Please. Sure. So if you like Migrate to Wealth, right? If Sakit is bringing you good information, did you hit the like button? Did you share this with somebody else? Did you give him a little bit of love? Just do that. He'll appreciate you for it. Well, man, Rocky, you you got to come back on the show, man, just for that. (laughs) (laughs) And then once you do that, if you've got a couple more minutes, come check me out. Everything we do, we teach at Profit Answer Man podcast, where we teach all about the business finances. And on Richer Soul, we teach all the softer side of how to live the ultimate life. Awesome, Rocky. Rocky, thank you, buddy, for taking the time. I know you're busy, but I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, sharing your insights with our audience. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for having me. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.